Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! I'm back in the saddle again. I'm back. I know. I know. That is scary. And if it's hairy, it's scary. Welcome to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg. And you know we're like Einstein over here. We have no special talents. We're just Passionately curious, passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here? And where is it that we want to go? Yeah, I know that singing's scary, but I had it inside of me. Moreover, we're trying to have a little bit of fun. Because we know as men, we carry the burden of manhood. And you know what? I would say for the most part, we actually enjoy it. We need it. And you're like, damn it, Eric, I don't need another burden. Well, there is a way to entertain and go through it. And that really is what this show is all about. Collectively as men, we are listening to something that will, mm, not like some heavy meal whereby you gorge yourself and you feel horrible afterwards. We're simply trying to take a look into the different, but take that different approach and pierce the commonality that we all share and have. I mean, when you boil it all down and look at each and every man, look at each and every man that you've encountered. We're all ordinary. Now, we may have some type of extraordinary output, but I would venture to tell you that is what the world is constantly embracing. These bells and whistles, all the things that go loud, kind of like these damn amber alerts, essential, yes. But when that sucker goes off and you have three or four phones in the house, I mean, it'll send you up out of your seats, won't it? And I mean, just look at a normal phone, much less, let's just look at normal familial interaction, those noises produced. Uh, maybe... The sounds coming out of different devices, music, etc. Notifications and tweaks and bells and all these different. I mean, it can just, it can drive you mad when you're looking for a little bit of peace. But in that respect, we're all ordinary. And I would tell you that a man that has deliberated, who has worked, who has toiled, can sit back and find a great 
deal of satisfaction and simply a job well done. When you look at how things get done in this world, I mean, it could be the simple craftsmanship of a guy cutting the wood and then putting the components together and then finishing it and the output is a table. Quite utilitarian, quite essential, but when you look at it from start to finish, there is brilliance in that simplicity. And as men, we simply like to be able to start and finish. And even better, if we can let a little bit of that masculinity of us exude itself, drop on to that project with a little bit of pride. It seems that the world wants to take that from us. The essence of masculinity that as a man, should you choose to go forward, you can never lose. That is who you are. I caught wind, evidently this happened this past summer, the perennial powerhouse that is USA women's soccer, at least on the international stage, they're very competitive. They decided to promote their brand a little bit more, and they wanted to challenge a retired group, a European squad of male soccer players. Well, maybe it wasn't to their dismay. Um, maybe they expected it. Maybe they actually thought they would have a better output. But they played three, um, what would you call those, scrimmages and or practice matches, and they lost 24 to 1. These are guys that no longer function in that capacity. They were simply relying on a foregone skill set and the underlying physicality masculinity that drives it. And there really isn't any comparison. It's what popular culture and the world's been trying to drill into us, that there is no difference. But we know there is a huge difference. We are a world in need of hope. And I would venture to tell you that as a man, you are that answer. My astute daughter sent me a little snippet off TikTok yesterday. And now I'm assuming that the people and or families polled had not come to faith um, previous to their having children, which is fine. We know the Lord waits with open arms in that construct of free will, whereby we will come and embrace him. But I believe the statistic was that if a woman for her children comes to faith, and that's not her sole driver, but obviously it's part of it. She wants them to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, 17% of her children will then follow. However, if it is the husband and or the male figure, 
90% of the time, the children will follow. My goodness, that is an amazing disparity. And I would say that that chasm is in fact that large in the respect of a man's influence over life as opposed to a lady's. Now people are going to say, my God, Eric, is that misogynistic? No, I, I don't think so. It was compiled unilaterally. It's my own daughter that brought that to my attention. Maybe it has some validity. I'd say hold on to that. Better yet, let's practice that. Well, you heard me saying earlier, of course, I had to sing a little Aerosmith because I had sang it in a previous episode. That's what was inside of me. I unleashed it. Yes, it was scary singing. And I mentioned if it's hairy, it's scary. Well, that come came to me one time we were taking a family hike. And it was in a national forest. Although it was a national forest here in the great state of Texas. And we had a naturalist with us. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but this was a man who was consumed with botany, plant life, etc. And in his help to better enable us to identify poison ivy, he said, if it is hairy, then it is scary. Okay, food for thought. Put that feather in our cap. And where my mind went when I was thinking about that was, of course, now, get on this merry-go-round with me, right? Remember, we go to the different so we can then pierce the commonality. I did an episode on Commander, President Biden's dog. He's been biting the Secret Service in the you-know-where, so they had to get rid of him. Where they got rid of him, I don't know. I don't know what that actually means. But he certainly is hairy. We have a long-haired German Shepherd. He is certainly hairy. And then I just found out that evidently the uh, one of Fox's proverbial favorites, Jesse Waters, was bitten by what he exclaimed was a Democratic dog. A Democratic dog. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure what Fox News is. I haven't watched a Fox News session for I don't know how long. Frankly, they bore me. The same guys are on there regurgitating the same stuff. I believe Sean Hannity's just a puffed-up blowhard who's enamored with himself. And Jesse Waters, I remember him when he used to have uh, periodic, I would say, a monologue Waters World on Bill O'Reilly. And of course, they got Bill O'Reilly out of the network. Maybe he'd gotten a little bit too big for his britches. Who knows? But I believe Jesse Waters has probably uh, put his toe into the same water. No pun intended. And I mean, when he detailed this, he was sitting perfectly fine, albeit the dog apparently bit him in the crotch. 
Okay, unaffected there. He lifted up his hand to show that additional wound. Looked pretty intact, didn't see many scars. But he lamented the fact that it must have been a Democratic dog because he saw the vehicle that they came to the nature trail in, which was a Subaru Outback. Well, as a head of household whereby we do have two Subarus, I don't think that that quite quantifies it. And I'm not sure if even Fox is Republican or Democrat. Therefore, I didn't lend much credence to his story. What I will tell you is, is that Fox tries to promote, they stick a lady in the middle, in between the two co-hosts. And if you're watching Fox News for that, leave that sensuality alone. That's where the world wants to script you and keep you like a mindless automaton, no better than a dog. Focus on simple things done well. Now, it's men that are propping up those ratings. So in Fox's terms, that is a simple thing done well. Nah, tell them it's not. Go to a different media source. You're not even getting true news from those guys anywhere. They're just another tool. I'll tell you another thing. We're a world in need of hope, as I had previously specified. Fox knows that this is a debased way of thinking, a debased way of production. But you do not have to be. Here's the challenge. The next time you're around a group of your buddies and you're sharing a cold one, if all they're talking about is crap like that, steer that conversation away from there. Talk about constructive things, things that make you tick. And see if you can get some others to chime in. That's where you learn. If you're already toiling, especially if you're toiling in an endeavor that you don't like, you don't feel appreciated in your given workplace, but you have a plan, and you will have to have a plan. Maybe you're saving a little bit more. Maybe you're talking to anyone and everyone around you in order to better glean facts that will enable you to focus more solely on the things you would like to do or what your previous experience has dictated that you are proficient in. That's where your focus needs to be so you can then set yourself free and feel more enriched. An enriched man is a more exuberant man. Now, yes, you will have to apply your time and energies into this. And as you've heard me say previously, you just take that newfound exuberance and you set aside a piece of that for your family as well. And then it's all good. A frustrated man or a dissatisfied man is not a very good leader. And I would tell you the men on this show probably have a desire 
to be a leader and not just simply another ordinary man. You can be ordinary and be a follower, and you can do it extremely well. But if you want to have a couple of upticks, there's nothing wrong with that leader, with that desire. It just further increases the demand for responsibility. I'll tell you how far this goes. It makes me think of, in World War II, the Battle for Okinawa, 1945. Between us, the Americans and the Japanese, there was a combined, for the fight for that island alone, 125,000 casualties. And on that island was a battalion commander, and that was Colonel Fenton. Also fighting on another part of that island was a private first class Fenton, which happened to be Colonel Fenton's 19-year-old son. Well, when he was cut down in the struggle for Okinawa, the colonel got word of it. He showed up over there. And after him and his Marines had draped his son's body in the American flag, they held a solemn and very brief service. Why brief? Because there was still work to do. There was still work to do. And you know what Colonel Fenton did? after his prayer was concluded for his son who had just been killed, he said to all the other dead on that island, fellow Marines, fellow warriors, may the Lord bless their souls because they did not have their father here. Men, if you can latch on to one thing, it is that you are a father. You command a great deal of influence. Therefore, you already are a leader. And here's what Colonel Fenton actually did after that. Immediately upon the conclusion of that ceremony, he wrote a brief letter to be sent back to his wife in the States, and he immediately jumped back into fray of leading men, men that were still in harm's way. Therefore, what we were talking about is duress, being stuck in a situation that Maybe you can't explain at this point. Maybe you do not understand at this point. Maybe you don't think you can get out of it. And all of us as men have been here in some capacity. I've been stuck. I don't care where you are in life. You have been stuck. Some of you have listeners 
may have your feet mired in quickcrete as we speak. Well, before it solidifies, here's how you break out. Just do. The best way for a man to break free when he feels in shackled is to do. That is how we deal with adversity. That is how we deal with hard constructs. Simply take action to start breaking free of these encumbrances and you will see things come clearer into view and you will know where to take your next steps. Obviously, an inordinate amount of prayer is appropriate as well. And since we said that children, children are worth being a leader for, and going all the way back to that TikTok that my daughter sent me, well, a perfect way to judge if you're making a difference, should you still not know, is get together with your kids. And let's use those same adjectives that I previously mentioned. Are you enriching their lives? Are they exuberant when they are around you? Do they feel hopeful? Do you bring them joy by your mere presence? That's good enough. It's good enough, man. There is your empirical data. Hold on to that. Use that as your springboard to go forward. Because times have not really changed. We can lament this modern society. Remember I was describing Amber Alerts and all these noises and things that steal our peace? Well, back in 1849, Henry David Thoreau wrote Civil Disobedience. In 1849, that was pre-Civil War. But he annotated in that discourse that most men go around living lives of quiet desperation. So what has changed? We know that we're all creationists for the most part on this show. But in our evolution, maybe we have just taken on a greater ability to endure different stressors, different triggers, a different host of stimuli. And that's not going to change. <laughs> Let's have a little fun with it, right? Uh, you've heard me mention that I like Ockel 8 blonde beer, a Belgian beer. And other than the United States of America, <laughs> our fellow men in Belgium are the ones who listen to this show the most. And I like Belgian beer. And in the 1860s, 70s therein, we know that Trappist monks started making, brewing a beer called 
It's actually pronounced Shimei beer. Shimei. We probably look at it C-H-I-M-A-Y and call it Shimei beer. Now, why the hell the monks came up with this, I can only imagine. It's a group of dudes living in a monastery. You know, they have to get to the sanctuary, whatever they call it. And George takes off every morning for morning chants and prayers. And hell, that damn robe flies up. you got to look at George's ass running all the way down the hall. There's reason enough for a beer, right? Well, and hey, I, I would venture to tell you, you get a group of monks together in the monastery. There is a hearty amount of grumbling going on. Uh, hell, let's just say a little bitching and complaining. And just simply having to deal with these men each day, in and out, and the monotonous nature of what they have before them. So I would say that that, uh, that freshly brewed elixir probably would provide a reprieve from some of these a-holes that are causing you grief, right? So that's reason enough for monks to develop beer. And the world is all better for it. And you men can make your world better by simply holding on to what is you, embrace it, and give it to your children. They need you. And they want you. So until next time on the Comfortable in Chaos podcast, I bid you boin voyage, my burgeoning flock. <laughs>